You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Collective Cafe, a virtual coffee experience which takes place every single Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in both Alpha Collective's Discord, that's discord.gg forward slash alpha collective and startup clubs house in clubhouse it's free it always will be free there are no strings attached there is no bait and switch lurk or listen only chat with one another in our back chat or even come onto stage the coffee shop is open for business whether you're on the treadmill getting the kids ready for school getting yourself ready for work commuting into the big bad city or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom to your home office on monday we manifest on tuesday we talk thought leadership on wellness wednesday we discuss mental health wellness and life skills on thursday we do live book reads and discussions with the author and then on friday it's no agenda friday where there is no agenda Start your day off on the right foot, on the front foot, with virtual coffee, with the Collective Cafe, where we mastermind, we manifest, we collaborate, we help one another at the business of Web3 or anything else that intersects, whether it's culture, collaboration, creativity, innovation, disruption, entrepreneurship or coaching. So give us a subscribe, bit.ly forward slash Collective Cafe to go, or a review on your favorite podcast platform if you're listening on demand or of course join us every day live it is addictive and remember it is a safe welcoming space and you will never ever be put on the spot this is alpha collectives collective cafe my name is joseph jaffe okay i'm doing Hello, everybody. I am doing something insane. I think, I think, I think. Mute. There you go. I think I'm on Twitter at the moment. Uh, I think this is live. I'm typing. Why not? I'm live on Twitter. I'm live on Clubhouse. I'm live on Zoom. I'm live in Discord. I don't even know if anything's working. Uh, Christopher John Martins looks like yesterday was working Clubhouse. Today is not working Clubhouse. Rhonda's Discord is in Discord. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think I think this is a I think this is a great example of what happens is when you try and and be live on too many platforms, you end up being <laughs> being dead on on all of them. Does that make any sense? I don't even know. Um, audio just came back to Clubhouse. What does that mean? Um, so I'm not even sure. So anyway, I did. Uh, I decided to. Um, I decided to actually go live in Twitter today, 
Uh, so I think I'm actually live in Twitter at the moment. I think I'm live in Clubhouse at the moment. I think I'm in Zoom at the moment, and I think I'm in Discord. Uh, just as an experiment to see how many platforms can you actually go live at the same time. And and do that within two minutes, by the way, which is insane. So anyway, let's, let's get to it. Today, um, I've got a really, really interesting uh, topic. Um, yesterday, I was in my what's called L10 meeting, which stands for Level 10 meeting. Um, it is an EOS product or an EOS tool. It's actually a, a manifestation of what EOS calls a meeting pulse. So your entire organization pulses. Your entire organization is alive. It breathes um, and it has cadence. It has rhythm because at the end of the day, EOS is a system for orchestrating and harmonizing human energy. That's what it is. And, uh, and what you do is in order to manage energy, you want to manage things like, like burnout, right? Um, and, um, and one of the best ways to do that is also to eliminate all the waste, all the unnecessary, um, you know, messy stuff, the meetings that are inconsistent, that don't start on time, that don't end on time, that have scatty attendance. You know, the boss chooses when he wants to or she wants to come in or not come in. Um, no agenda, you know, uh, meetings that just go on and on and on that are unproductive, that are political, they don't really get anywhere. Sometimes it feels like the only objective of a meeting is to get another meeting. I mean, how many of you have experienced that? Um, that to me is like one of the, the great benchmarks um, of ridiculous meetings. And, you know, when you, when you know you've got a company that's just not efficient, People just trying to look busy, right? People just trying to like, you know, <laughs> escape under the radar. That is not, that's not living. That's not living. You know, it's not living as an employee when you're just trying to, you know, stay under the radar, not get fired or do the bare minimum. That's not, that's, that's not when you look back on your life. That's not where you want to be able to say, what did you do with your life? What did you achieve? I escaped the X. I did not get fired. I did not get laid off. I was political enough to always make sure that I stuck around. But that's not living. And it's so funny because just even in something as simple as, you know, a, uh, an L10 meeting, just a, a culture for meetings, if you will, a style, a format, a rubric that says this is, and it's not every meeting, the whole point is to eliminate unnecessary meetings. But this is the meeting when the leadership team get together. This is 90 minutes every single week where the leadership team gets together. And the reason why they call it an L10 meeting is because at the end of the meeting, the meeting is rated. And guess what? The goal is 10. Yesterday, I rated our L10 meeting a 10. Imagine that. Imagine if every single one of your meetings actually had the potential to get rated by everyone consistently a 10, or if not a 9.5 or a 9. But generally, you know, even someone, I think yesterday, rated it a 9, a nine because felt that we could have maybe got through a few more issues. 
So when the caveat or the the reason why you don't give it a 10 is because you could have been even more productive, that's where you want to be in meetings. Now, anyway, that's just a little bit of of context and and, and uh, background. But I want to talk about the L10 meeting. I don't. I just want to say one thing that happened right at the end is this quote, <clears throat> and I'll give credit to Rick Fawcett because it was his quote. Rick said, "We have to capture the wins, no matter." Well, he said he spoke about capturing the wins, no matter which way the winds are blowing. So let me repeat that again, and I'll just re- rephrase it slightly: capture the wins, no matter which way they are blowing. And his point of view, by the way, is not only do we have to, not only do you have to, but actually that EOS does that. It is designed to do that. That is part of what happens when you are operating with, uh, with an iOS, right? <laughs> with a, an EOS, obviously, in this particular case. When you have an operating system, it is designed to track, to, to, you know, to trigger, to create the benchmarks to create the means, the mechanisms, the KPIs to be able to capture the wind no matter which way the wind is blowing. So I want to talk to you a little bit today about what that means. What does it mean? Remember, this is just a almost a throwaway quote right at the end of this L10 meeting. And I just, you know, I sunk my teeth into it and I was like, ooh, this is a good one. I can do an entire episode of the Collective Cafe on this. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to give you a whole bunch of things to think about. But first of all, ask yourself the question and even take a moment or two to ponder, what does it mean to capture the wind? What does the phrase mean to you? Capture the wind no matter which way it's blowing. Capture the wind no matter which way the wind is blowing. Well, the first thing we think about is headwinds and tailwinds. We think about sailing, or I do at least. We think about this idea of wind is powering or propelling. And the reality is, is that we, we, what, what do we want, right? We want tailwinds. We don't want headwinds. Headwinds represents, you know, the weaknesses and the threats. But specifically, you know, when you look at a SWOT analysis, they say strengths and weaknesses are typically the things that you can control. Opportunities and threats are external. They're generally things you cannot control. You can attempt to take advantage of or deal or face or, or handle, but the opportunities and the threats are external. They are typically the uncontrollables. You didn't create them. You can address them, but you don't actually own them. You can react and respond to them. The strengths and the weaknesses, on the other hand, are absolutely in your power. They are uh, man or woman made. They're human made. They are executive made. They are entrepreneur made. They are talent made. So the wind, the headwinds, the tailwinds, um, you know, they are not necessarily, we didn't generate them. But what we could have done is navigate into them or out of them or around them or dealt with them in advance. So capture the wind no matter which way it's blowing is this almost 
concession, this inevitability of the fact that in your life, in your career, in your professional um, experience, you're going to encounter both. Often, headwinds and tailwinds. Certainly when we get on a plane, most of the time we're hoping for tailwinds, we're hoping for a quicker flight as opposed to headwinds, which generally means a longer flight. So on one level, you know, the headwinds and the tailwinds, it really is just talking about the journey. And depending on how powerful the winds are, obviously that that journey can be smooth or bumpy and can generally affect time, how long it's going to take for you to complete your mission, how long it's going to take for you to complete your journey. And, but what does this mean? What does it mean to capture the wind? So suddenly I I, I thought the word was interesting to me because, you know, when you think about your sails, right, let's use the uh, sailing analogy. You are essentially capturing the wind, maybe not in a bottle, but certainly in your sails, you are attempting to harness the wind, just like you might be attempting to harness human energy. In a way, and I'm jumping around with different analogies, but I think like, um, what did I do? Was it Qigong? Um, I think I did that at this mindfulness retreat, or Tai Chi or Qigong. This is all about, in many respects also, capturing and harnessing, harnessing? capturing and harnessing human energy, most notably yours and in some cases an opponent or somebody else. But that's what you're doing as well. You are capturing and harnessing human energy. So when you capture the wind, this powerful thing, we're living in a world now where wind is an alternative source of energy. When we look at wind, when we look at, uh, at solar when we look at all these new forms of energy, we're absolutely talking about capturing and harnessing. And by the way, remember the quote is capture and harness the wind no matter which way it's blowing. Because does it really matter if it's blowing left or right, up or down, swirling around, headwinds, tailwinds, if you can capture it and if you can convert it into momentum, into energy. So I absolutely loved this idea. And I wanted to spend a little bit of time, first and foremost, you know, on this idea of what does it mean to capture, but ultimately, what are we talking about here? I'm going to give you a whole bunch of quotes. This is an unknown quote, unknown origin. You can't change the direction of the wind but you can adjust your sails. This is essentially what we're talking about here. Capturing the wind is about taking whatever comes your way and transforming it into momentum. So the energy that we talk about, motivation, but it's, it's momentum. And, you know, what are the winds? They, we talk about the winds of change. So we could be talking about disruptive technology, market shifts, or even, think you know where I'm going with this, or even a pandemic. 
Even a global pandemic is a wind of change, behavioral change, attitudinal change, change of our priorities, change in terms of how we react to people, how we interact with people, how we uh, empathize with people, how we empathize with our employees. So instead of being blown away, what we're trying to do is to figure out how to make the wind work for you, how to turn lemons into lemonade, so to speak. On one level, we're trying to actually say, guess what, guess what, the headwinds, are actually not that bad. We've always been able to kind of recognize or or conceptualize that headwinds are bad and tailwinds are good. And I'm not going to get too esoteric and make the case where tailwinds are bad and headwinds are, uh, I mean, where, you know, and headwinds are good. I'm saying all wind is actually good or can be good if you're able to capture it and harness it and convert it and transform it into not just energy, human energy, harness that energy, but into momentum. So I'm going to go through 10 points or insights here that kind of bring this quote to life. Capture the winds no matter which direction are blowing. Number one, own your controls, your sails, your rudder. These you can control. So focus on them rather than cursing the wind. Instead of talking about luck and bad luck and you know how windy it is today, navigate your way through. You have controls. In this case, your sails and your rudder. So maybe, at worst, this is making the best of a bad situation. But I actually want to take a step back for a second. And um, actually, forget about the step back. I'll keep moving forward um, and then I'll kind of you know, give you a few additional bonus reflections. So the first one is own your controls. Control the controllables. I've mentioned this several times. You know, those of you that have been with us through this journey, um, we've been doing this live. This is probably, ooh, let me check. This is episode number, going into my outlook, I mean into my podcast. Yesterday was episode number 130, at least of the ones that we've been documenting. 130. Bez is here. Uh, Christopher's hanging out, uh, you know, by himself with me on Twitter. I decided to do it live on Twitter as well. Um, still no one in Zoom except my autopilot. I'm so lonely in Zoom. It's going to take a while, but we'll get there. Get more normies to join us uh, in Zoom um, as well. But one of the things you've heard me talk about is this idea of control the controllables. It is actually the motto of my son when he used to play premier soccer um, when he was younger. Um, it was the motto of Beachside Football Club, control the, con- control the controllables. What a great way to motivate people. Don't sweat the small stuff, sure, but you know it's, it's this recognition 
that whatever these forces are, these external forces, the wind, quite frankly, you can't control it. You can just attempt to make the most of it. You can attempt attempt to to capture to you know to uh, to focus to harness that energy, control the controllables. That's the best we can ever do. Number two, strategic foresight. Always have two plans: plan thrive and plan survive. One for tailwinds, <clears throat> and another for headwinds. Um, before this analogy. I, I always said this. Remember, I wrote a book called Join the Conversation, my second book, in 2007. This was at the dawn of social media. It was still so early that I, that I resisted calling it social media. I called it conversational marketing. I felt that that was a better phrase. It probably would have been. In fact, it was. Because look at what social media has become today. We allowed media to trump marketing when marketing trumps media. I digress. But one of the things I would always tell clients is, you know, there's a saying that always says, um, it's actually um, uh, attributed to many people, but one of them is Zig Ziglar. Expect the best, prepare for the worst, capitalize on what comes. You know, there's the other one which says, um, hope for the best, plan for the worst. But my quote is plan for the worst and plan for the best. Part of every single strategic plan, every campaign you ever do, and I don't care whether you're a solo entrepreneur or whether you you are the CEO of General Motors, is what is the best possible scenario and what is the worst possible scenario. And you need to plan for both of them. You cannot they're able to turn around and go, well, we had no idea. How, how did that happen? You know, you cannot be caught unawares. These days, even the most innocuous thing can go viral and can potentially bring you down. I'll give you uh, an example of sometimes when, when the exact same thing can be the best and the worst case scenario. The example I always used to give was your website crashing. It is both the best and the worst case scenario. Why? Because why is it the best case scenario? Because traffic was so insane, interest was off the charts, demand was incredible, so much so that it crashed your servers. The best case scenario. Everybody wants to come to your website. Everybody wants to check it out. Everybody wants to download. Everybody wants to give, them, give you their email. Everybody wants to sign up for the whitelist, whatever the case may be. But it's also the worst case scenario because of all those missed opportunities. Like literally your moment to shine, your moment to capture lightning in a bottle and you screwed up because you weren't prepared, because you didn't upgrade your server capacity because you didn't test redundancy or whatever the case may be. So I like this, you know, when we think about plan uh, thrive and plan survive, this is very consistent with my fifth book with Built to Suck, where I talk about your survival instinct. The survival instinct is based on, built on, this is a fact from my research, is built on two things, what's called self-preservation and adaptation. Self-preservation is don't kill me. Adaptation is I'm going to kill you if it's between you and me. 
But the one is about living, you know, surviving, living to fight another day, staying in the game. And the other is about evolution and adaptation. We cannot, cannot be, you know, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. By the way, if you are in Clubhouse, uh, if you are in Twitter, if you are on Zoom, um, just to give you a sense, we do this every day, Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I do want to encourage you, if you are in Clubhouse in particular, to, at a minimum, you know, follow, if you're not following me or the Startup Club or the Startup House and setting notifications, that bell. But really, I've put a link above that discord.gg forward slash alpha collective. What we are trying to do here with full disclosure is to make sure that if something happens, and it looks more likely every day that it is going to happen, um, that you do have a place. And that place um, is going to be um, either our Discord or actually in Zoom. So we are in Zoom at the moment as well. If you prefer to just dial in, you can actually dial in now uh, to the Collective Cafe. I just put the details uh, below. That should work. You could even try it now if you want to. Um, we also have a podcast, um, and there's a podcast version of this, and you can get that at bit.ly forward slash collective cafe to go. So I just want to let you know, and I will mention that again uh, at the end of our session. One way to kind of stay in touch. Anyway, let's keep going. Um, number three, level wins uneven sales. Everyone faces the same win, but not everyone has the same sales. Optimize yours for superior navigation. I love this one. This one can be interpreted many different ways. One of them is being able to say, guess what? We're all actually playing by the same rules. We're all actually facing the same conditions. So if we talk about the market, the economy, crypto winter, whatever you want to call it, we're all kind of facing the same. So instead of crying about it, realize that the playing field is somewhat level. So if we can control the controllables, you know, if we want to use the analogy, um, our sails, our rudder, <clears throat> the ship itself, we'll come back to that a little bit later as well. This is an opportunity for us to actually, you know, benchmark ourselves relatively to our competitors. Number four, and this comes back to EOS, an operating system is a necessity. Just as a computer needs an operating system to function your business, you need an EOS in this particular case, or just your own operating system to adapt to changing winds. As opposed to, you know, gut and intuition, and randomness, and serendipity, and leaving things to chance. The more structure you have that isn't rigid, that actually doesn't suffocate but liberates, that actually controls and harnesses and orchestrates and integrates, the better chance you have to adapt, to you know, implement that, that, um, that plan thrive, as opposed to plan survive. I feel very strongly, you know, about the fact that you need your own code, you need your own rules, you need your own operating system. And, you know, 
you'll hear me talk about the entrepreneurial operating system, but the reality is you need an operating system. Which one you choose is up to you. Like I can tell you, for example, the entrepreneurial operating system is designed for companies that are 10 to 250 employees. So if you are a solo entrepreneur or a a mom and pop or you have four or five, it's not actually ideal for you. That doesn't mean it can't work for you. And it doesn't mean that you can't, you know, that it doesn't make sense for you to hire a coach. But for the most part, you're not in the wheelhouse or maybe the wheel of the, the wheel of the boat. Find your own operating system. Find your own code that works for you. Maybe it's even having an accountability partner. Maybe it's just, you know, following some coach or some management guru that has their own system that works for you. It doesn't matter as long as you have an operating system. One of the things that the operating system does do, and I know EOS does do this, is warning signs, or in this case, to use the analogy, warning flags. You need to build indicators litmus tests into your strategy, into your action plan. If the winds are changing, you want to be the first to know and act. Maybe one of the ways to talk about this is the Mary Poppins approach. How about that? Let's call it the Mary Poppins approach. Remember in the movie in Mary Poppins, when the wind changes, there's that little, uh, what do you call it? Those wind, um, trying to think what, what what the name is. Those kind of like that wind meter on the top of the chimney, starts to kind of change direction, going from left to right to right to left, the velocity of the wind, that indicates something. Those early warning signs are absolutely critical. EOS does it through a scorecard with 5 to 15 metrics that are measured on a weekly basis over 13 consecutive weeks. Because when you are on top of your business looking at 5 to 15 leading indicators on a consistent weekly basis, you get really, really good at being able to identify early warning signs or even opportunities, quite frankly, so that it doesn't sneak up and creep up on you and take you by surprise. Because when that happens, it's oftentimes too late. So when we talk about wind, we have to talk about direction of the wind and velocity of the wind, but we also have to talk about the winds that are changing, the times they are changing. It makes me think of that wonderful quote, you know, there are three types of people, those who make things happen, those who watch things happening, and those who turn around and say, what happened? If you are the type that make things happen, you're probably someone that is really good at being able to see the signs, the warning signs, but also the opportunity signs and be able to adapt quickly and certainly before everyone else because remember, level wins on even sales. Number six, something that I've recently you know, experienced with uh, positive intelligence, with PQ, with this program that I've done, the gift in disguise Every crisis comes dressed as a problem. Unwrap it. Capture the winds no matter which way they're blowing. If the wind is blowing versus there is no wind, what does that mean? 
we could kind of go down a whole rabbit hole and discuss that, couldn't we? Because when there is no wind, your ship, your boat, your company is just sitting still. There is no external forces that are pushing or propelling or pushing you back or moving you forward or even, you know, changing your course or allowing you to course correct or maybe blowing you off course to a new, more exciting, incredible way, the pivot, the power of the pivot. So many amazing, incredible companies. Hell, I mean, listen, you know, YouTube, I think, started off as a, I think it was a, I mean, the same almost as Facebook. They both kind of started off as dating sites. Uh, YouTube was just designed to do it through video. Facebook was really just also a way to meet people on campus. I mean, kind of dating mechanism. Uh, Instagram started off as a, as a company called Bourbon, B-U-R-B-N. It was really just like, you know, a Yelp with photos. So the power of the pivot, that's the wind. The wind helps, you know, create the potential for pivot. Let's call it pivot potential. Where does a pivot come from? Why do people even pivot? I mean, that's another discussion for another day, isn't it? How, how does a pivot happen? Pivot just doesn't happen out of the blue. You don't just wake up every morning saying, you know what, today seems like a great day to pivot. For the most part, people do not pivot unless they are pushed, unless there are external forces, unless there is wind. You need wind to pivot. And so when you are given a gift, whether that looks like a problem, guess what? Every problem, most problems have a solution. If the problem is the lemon, the solution is the lemonade. So unwrap it. Number seven, action is currency. Your next move defines your trajectory, whether you propelled forward or spun in circles. So here is the gift, here is the problem, here is the wind, you know, here is the situation. What are you going to do about it? You know, going back to EOS for a second, this whole concept that so much is built around, this idea of hitting the ceiling. When you hit the ceiling, there are only three scenarios Scenario one, break through the ceiling and continue growing and continue moving. Scenario two, plateau, stagnate. And, and scenario three is bounce right off that ceiling and go into a decline, steady decline, maybe a precipitous decline. So the magic is not what happened to you. It's what you do next that counts. Does it prompt the pivot? Does it result in a course correction? Does it maybe wake you up from your slumber and, and push you and challenge you to rally the troops, to harness that human energy and come back more resilient than ever before? Or do you just get spun in circles into a whirlwind or whirlpool 
or a um, you know a vicious cycle that sucks you up, sucks you in, and and uh, spins you into oblivion, as Mark Tyson would say. It will never get old for me. Number eight, failure as R&D. Every setback is a setback for a comeback. This is, you know, inexpensive R&D. This is the gift. What did we learn from it? So the failure, the win, the, the pushback, the holy crap, this is a lot more difficult than we thought. You know, all of these, the winds of change, it's, it's forcing you to act. Remember the whole Napoleon Hill, the procrastination, the inaction. The worst thing we can do is nothing. The second worst thing we can do, or the second best thing you can do, whichever way you want to look at it, is do the right thing too slowly. The third worst thing we can do, or maybe the second best, depending on whether we end up with three or four, is to make the wrong decision quickly. And ultimately, the best thing we can do is to make the right decision quickly. So we want to make the right decision quickly. But the second best is to make the wrong decision quickly. The third best is to make the right decision too slowly. And the worst thing we can do is don't make any decision at all. Now we are just victims. Now we're just being strung along for the ride. Now the wind is our captor and we are a captive. We are at the mercy of the wind. We are at the mercy of all the external forces, all the uncontrollables. We are rudderless. We are sailless. I'm loving, by the way, Xavier is just like constantly putting all these emojis, which I'm watching all the time. And what does it mean to be rudderless? What it means to be rudderless is no leadership. What do they call it? The the lunatics or the inmates running the asylum. No leadership. That's what happens when you're rudderless. Poor culture, diluted culture, confusing culture. Yesterday, we discussed the whole concept of what happens when vision is missing. You have confusion when you're managing complex change. When there is no vision, when there is no leadership, when there is no culture, when there's no clear goals, when people don't understand their goals, that's when you are rudderless. And when you are rudderless, you have no ability to be able to move forward. Number nine, shared fate, unique destiny. So earlier I spoke about the fact that we're all exposed to the same wind, but how do we kind of, you know, use our tools? How do we use our rudder and our sails? Let's kind of expand that slightly. We're all in the same storm, but not in the same boat. Make yours unsinkable. So now we kind of just zoom out slightly and we realize the tools, even the operating system, right, which we've discussed earlier in these points. But now we're talking about the whole boat. This is your company. This is your community. This is your culture. These are things that are bigger. These are not just tactics. They're not even just strategy anymore. Now we're talking about this core, you know, your core values, your core focus. 
your why, your purpose, your vision, your mission, your ability to pull through. This is the company where management and leadership don't get paid during COVID or, or you know, freeze their salaries or, you know, this is the company that, that says we won't lay off a single person during tough times. But if we just want to bring it back a little bit and, and just kind of expand, you know, not just expand the perspective, but expand the pool of companies, what does it mean to make your boat unsinkable? It means you don't take water. It means you don't have any leaks. Remember that great quote that I've used many times? I've written it now into, into the book, into Forever Changed, uh, one of my guests on my show. At scale, cracks become chasms. This is your opportunity to make sure there are no cracks. Well, actually, in the storm, it's kind of too late. This goes back to the early warning signs, the warning flags. Make sure there are no cracks. Because at scale, cracks become chasms. And in a storm, those cracks will end up sinking the ship because when you take on water and you're not prepared and you can't manage and you can't react can you see how it all comes together so beautifully we're all in the same storm this is the this goes back to the whole essence of the pandemic we were all in this together yes i use that quote yes i use that phrase we're all in this together but we weren't all in the same boat, were we? Some people, unfortunately, got caught with their pants down. Some people just had, listen, it happened to me. Five-time author, keynoter in 51 countries, consultant. And suddenly, there were no events. And suddenly, no one was booking keynote speakers anymore. There were no conferences being held. It took a while for these virtual events to start kind of rolling out. But it was, you know, all hands on deck, batting the hatches. We weren't really spending time going to festivals, now were we? We were using every damn penny we had, every cent we had to... uh you know, focus on all the water we were taking. Avoid disaster. So, yeah, we were all in the same storm, but not in the same boat. Some people actually had the best years of their life professionally. Some people had the worst years of their life. And some people somehow manage to figure out how to make ends meet and keep things going and adapt and pivot. The final point, reframe to gain. Change your perception of adversity to see opportunity. What others call a gale, you'll call a gust of fortune. You know, one of the things I actually wrote in the book um, in, in relation to winter is coming and winter is here and the whole crypto, you know, winter and so on and so forth. I said, 
We may very well look back on this and just refer to this as a cold snap. We may. Possible. I tell the story of, um, you know, when I, when I came to the U.S. in 1997, my plan was to get an MBA and uh, within a couple of weeks, I arrived March 23rd, I want to say. Within a couple of weeks of arriving, I went to Evanston. Um, I went to Chicago and then took the train out to Evanston um, for, you know, to visit with Northwestern. And uh, I got a, a Kellogg School of Business, actually, to start, you know, specifically where Philip Kotler was from a marketing standpoint, my marketing hero, my marketing idol. And... I mean, so imagine this, it's like basically like, you know, end of March, beginning of April, and I'd never experienced cold like this in my life. I, I just remember like almost feeling like I was going to die, like I was going to get frostbite. I was so miserable, so miserable. And then I went back, you know, years later, I guess, what's it, 20, probably 20, I want to say like 2019 maybe, 2018, 20, probably 2019 with my daughter, and we looked at uh, Northwestern. I described the same time, actually a little bit earlier in February, uh, it was probably February, and I described the cold there as, uh, as, as brisk, <laughs> as crisp. But chances are that when I went in, I mean, it's a good analogy for this. Number one, um, I was a lot more used to the wind because it was pretty windy there too. I was pretty, it's on, it's on a lake, I think, one of the Great Lakes. Um, I was pretty used to the cold by then. Plus, I was probably better prepared and better dressed in this particular case. So whereas I probably didn't have layers or enough layers back then, I did this time. Which is why I would have described it as a crisp morning as opposed to, oh my God, it, it appears that hell has frozen over. I think it's a really good analogy as well when we think um, about perspective. So we may very well look back on this whole crypto winter and Web3 rise and fall, you know, as, as I said, a cold snap. And the beauty, of course, of having short memories is that one day, if and when, you know, no financial advice, do your own research and who the hell knows, but one day when Bitcoin sits at 300,000 or 400,000 or half a million, how many people are going to go back and remember and say, I remember, I remember when Bitcoin was $19,000 down from $63,000? No one will remember. And those that tell the story will be like, there's that old fogey, always reminiscing. Or I'm not really sure it was ever that low. Are you sure about that one, old timer? Change your perception of adversity to see opportunity. What others call a gale, you'll call a gust of fortune. This is all about the power of perspective. Is the glass half full? Is the glass half empty? How do you see? Do you see it as, you know, in fact, do you even see the headwind as headwind. Or do you see it as, you know, just an adjustment of level of difficulty? Someone has put the treadmill from level two to level four or the incline from a one to a three, just making it a little bit tougher. 
looks like we're just going to have to step it up a gear here. Which, by the way, again, is awesome, awesome in quotes, when everyone else is faced with the same conditions. Now, you know, maybe you're better prepared. Maybe all that training, all those reps are going to ensure that when everyone is stuck or falling back, you put those afterburners on with momentum and you are propelled forward. I'm not necessarily saying we should go looking, for example, at COVID and say, you know, the gale force, the storm was in fact a gust of fortune. I'm not saying that in that particular case. But I am saying there was gift, there was opportunity. That's what I've written my entire book on, by the way. But going back to business, and the original quote, those of you that came in a bit late, we're discussing this quote, capture the winds no matter which way the winds are blowing. Because wind is energy. And today, as we know, it is an alternative source of energy. And if we can harness, and if we can turn those winds into your personal jet stream, you will experience that forward momentum. And ultimately, even, even, Competitive advantage. I want to give you a few other quotes that I really liked that capture this. William Arthur Ward said, The pessimist complains about the wind. The optimist expects it to change. The realist adjusts the sails. So that's another way to think about it. And you know what? Complaining's okay from time to time. You know, scheduling time to worry, scheduling time to be a little bit wise is happening, play the victim, you know, mourn a little bit, and then get off your ass and do something about it. By the way, I'm just popping into uh, Discord now and I see Matt Thielemans there. Matt, I wrote you in the book, my friend. I mentioned you in the book, which uh, I should actually get a paperback version of it in my hand next week. And Billy Bowie's there as well. Billy, uh, we have to touch base. I'm imagining that you're going to be uh, climbing Everest soon, aren't you? I want to hear all about that. Um, 29029, I think is what it's called. I chickened out, I suppose. Um, but uh, I'll be back at one point as well. So I love that quote. I'll give you uh, another one. Sam Levinson said, don't watch the clock. Do what it does. Keep going. And John F. Kennedy said, change is the law of life. And those who look only to the past or present are certainly to miss the future. Look, the bottom line here, going and looking at these 10 points and this idea of capture the wind, no matter which way the wind is blowing, is this recognition, this inevitability, that movement is magic. Movement is momentum. Forward movement, forward momentum. Keep going, keep growing, and recognize that wind is nature, wind is natural, wind is life. Smooth sailing and plain sailing. I mean, you know that quote, what got you here may not ne- is not enough or is, is maybe not necessarily what will get you there. What got you here won't get you there. The smooth sailing and the plain sailing will never get you there. 
It is the navigating through turbulent times, through volatility, through these unforeseen circumstances, through these external factors, the uncontrollables. That's our test. That separates the winners from the losers. Because that is life. Life itself is never, ever going to be easily predictable. You need every single tool and trick that, that you can afford, that you can um, get your hands on, whether it is an operating system like EOS, whether it's a business coach, whether it's a life coach, whether it's just coming and hanging out in a free coffee Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is what we're doing here. Whatever it takes, whatever works for you, will work inevitably for you. And as I said, for those of you that came a little bit late today, I was just, we were literally minute 89 into our 90-minute L10 meeting yesterday. So as a business and leadership coach now with EOS, I actually work with six other coaches that are typically based in Fairfield County. And uh, we operate, we have like a service, it's like a, uh, a collaboration. It's, uh, you know, uh, um, just all of us pooling our resources, pooling our session rooms, etc. We call it Outpace Enterprises. So Outpace runs on EOS, just like EOS runs on EOS, just like our clients run on EOS. And we have our L10 meeting. And in minute 89, the founder of Outpace, Rick Fawcett, said this quote. We were actually just talking about it. He said, you know, what, what's really amazing about EOS is that it is, besides the early warning detection system, it allows you to capture the winds no matter which way the winds are blowing. And I was like, ooh, that's, that's great. I'm writing that one down. I'm going to tweet that one. In fact, I think I'm going to do an entire room on that. And he kind of laughed at me, and I'm like, watch. And here I am doing it just, you know, I don't know, 18 hours later. Because it comes back to, what was it, point number seven. Action is currency. Your next move defines your trajectory, whether you're propelled forward or spun in circles. It's not what happens to you. It's what you do about it. It's what you do next that counts. It's the move you make. What is your move? Make your move. And when we combine that, com compound it with the whole Napoleon Hill, you know, be decisive. I mean, friends, this is exactly, it's so simple and so clear. Do something, do anything. Hopefully you're doing the right thing and do it quickly. And then move forward and then learn from it and then adapt and then pivot and then try it again and keep going and keep growing. That's life. That's being alive. So it's 8.54. Um, if anyone has any comments, any thoughts, wants to jump up on stage, uh, my experiment today of, this is crazy. I've got 23,000 uh, followers on Twitter, but I mean, I'm, you know, I've been on Twitter since like almost month three that it came out. It's just Christopher I don't even know if it's working properly. Is it even working properly? It says mic on. Um, it's crazy to think that uh, it's just Christopher in Twitter. So that was a failure. See, I'll learn from it. The winds 
of uh, or not. The, you know, this was more like uh, like when uh, like I don't know, uh, releasing wind like a fart. Uh, Twitter was a fart today. Um, Clubhouse was a little bit you know better yesterday, awful today. Uh, Zoom, um, yeah, it's just me hanging out with my autopilot. <clears throat> and then you know the people that count. Not saying that the people that are in Clubhouse don't count, but the people that count for me uh, are Rhonda, Bez, Matt, and Billy, who are sitting and hanging out in um, our Discord. Um, just as a reminder, and you know, again, if you want to raise your hand, if you want to come on stage, uh, would love to hear your thoughts. You've got to have uh, Matt's got to have some thoughts on this. Um, but discord.gg forward slash alpha collective. This is where you want to be to really, you know, experience the home. Uh, Ram121 just did um, register today. So welcome to our Discord. Um, yeah, that's really all I got to say. Uh, if no one has any comments, um, I will give you four minutes back of your life. Um, have a wonderful day. I will <clears throat> put this out. Uh, probably as an article today on either my Substack uh, or my LinkedIn. I've been experimenting a little bit with Substack. Um, you know, I'm, I'm slowly but surely starting to get paid subscribers, which is amazing, $8 a month. Um, and what I'm doing is I'm trying to like experiment between some articles that are just completely for paid subscribers, um, some that are you know, that have a free preview where you only see part of the article and then some that are always, I want to do at least one article a week that's always just completely free because I don't want people to get too frustrated. But yeah, it's, it's exciting. Suddenly I've got uh, $96 of, of, you know, revenue every time someone signs up, which is amazing. It certainly inspires and motivates me uh, to keep going. So yeah, I'm going to get going on this. Um, have an amazing day, everyone. And um, I will see you all uh, hopefully tomorrow. Bye. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.